Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today, as always, for a post-Monday celebration. Really happy to have this next guest on the program. It's been a while since we've had him on. As we get our monthly update from Washington, D.C., he's from the great 5th Congressional District of the great state of Ohio. It's Congressman Bob Latta. Congressman, how are you, my friend? Good morning. Yeah, good, good. morning to you. Yeah, it's always good to talk with you. Uh, busy time in Washington, D.C. Before we get into some of the bills, I know you guys have been working on, uh, what's the feel up there right now? We're going into a little bit of a maybe a break time for you guys in just a little bit. We have elections coming up next year, which I'm sure everybody's getting geared up for. But what's the feel in Washington, D.C. right now, especially with the ongoing party that's happening in the White House with the uh, uh, the cocaine that no one seems to know where it came from? Well, you know, we're in what you might call the the uh, the stretch heading into the August work period, and I, that's what it really is uh, when we go back to our districts and uh, listen to the American people. And, of course, the investigations are still going on with the uh, judiciary and the oversight committees, and especially what's uh, going on in the White House. And you know, it's almost unbelievable that uh, with all the security cameras that they have at the, in the White House that uh, they can't pinpoint at a pretty much a spur of a second when somebody might have been dropped on the floor and the sea was in the hallway when that item got dropped. So, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And that's pretty much what the American people see it as, too. It's unbelievable. And we see what's happening with, uh, you know, IRS and FBI whistleblowers and, you know, things being told from the top down what they can and can't do and let these investigations go forward. That, uh, you know, I think that uh, the American people are out there saying we want answers. Yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing, the fact that uh, we somehow don't know anything about this. The most secure building really in the entire country and the world, potentially, and we don't know about who could have potentially put that there. Uh, It's pretty mind-boggling to you. But uh, regarding to what's going on on the Capitol, I know you guys have been busy. Last week was a big bill with the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, for those that may have heard that one. But usually this is a relatively simple bill to pass on both sides, bipartisan support uh, to be able to take care of our veterans, take care of our military, our national defense, which is kind of a priority. But it almost seemed like a partisan vote this year. A lot of Democrats didn't want to support this one that could cause some concern going into the Senate side. What happened with that vote last week? Well, you're absolutely right. The National Defense Authorization is absolutely essential. That's how we fund our military. That's how we make sure we take care of uh, that they can be, you know, they're getting paid, that, uh, you know, they get housing that they have to have to help their families and make sure that veterans are being taken care of making sure that this country can protect itself. And also, always remember, we want to have the, the absolute best equipment out there for our warfighters. You know, you never want to send somebody out there with something that's uh, less than better than what the other side's got. We want something that's better than anybody has, and that's what the United States does. But, you know, when you look at some of these woke policies that have been coming out of the White House and on the left, and making sure that, uh, you know, those things aren't carried through the military, and you're looking at uh, questions of about abortion, that uh, we want to, you know, there are different amendments that were put in there to make sure that these things uh, did not occur. And uh, so, you know, it was a, uh, pretty much a Republican-Democrat vote on this legislation. The bill, of course, uh, will uh, be over in the Senate, and then they'll go to a conference committee, and then, you know, we'll have another big fight. But we have to make sure this gets done, that it gets done in time, because, uh, you know, we all take an, take an oath to protect this country and defend it. 
and the NDAA is the way we do it. Yeah, I know it's been a growing concern in the military and the Pentagon and that's in that branch of the U.S. government when it comes to, like you said, the wokeness with uh, drag queen uh, shows that are going on on military bases. I know in this bill we also had an abortion issue to not allow uh, to, uh, women to trans- to be paid for on the taxpayer dollar and through the military and through the Pentagon to cross state lines to go perform an abortion. I mean, Congressman, I know that uh, the military for a while has been a quote-unquote social experiment, but when did we get so woke to be concerned about diversity and equity and inclusion and uh, drag queen hours and parties going on on military bases? We're supposed to be teaching them how to become mean fighting machines to defend the nation, and it doesn't seem like that's what's going on in the military right now. Well, and again, uh, you're right. You know, we've seen this happening, but you know, it's, uh, you know, you just look over the last two and a half years of this administration, and uh, you know, the first couple of years uh, of the administration that the Democrats controlled not only the White House, the House, and the Senate, but at least now we've got the House on our side that uh, we can, you know, start pointing things out, saying that this, we just can't continue with this. And uh, but you know, this is uh, the extreme left and how they're trying to change everything. And are, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> Our military should be there to do one thing. They only need to be worrying about uh, defending this country and making sure that their people have the equipment out there that they need to fight it. So, uh, you know, th- these are the things that, uh, you know, we had uh, quite a few amendments that, that uh, were offered that would, became part of the bill, and the Democrats walked. And uh, we're saying, look, uh, this is not uh, what the military is supposed to be doing or being worried about. And it's up to our military to, to, to protect this country. Yeah, that is very true. On the same front, talking about military and national defense, where we still have this ongoing conflict with Russia and the Ukraine right now. I, I keep hearing conflicting stories that Russia continues to uh, berate Ukraine. I've also heard that Ukraine's starting to push them back a little bit. We start sending them more resources here recently. Uh, from your uh, hearings of what you've seen, what is the latest coming out of Russia and the Ukraine? Is this thing just about over, or are we just reinvesting a whole bunch more resources over to the Ukraine? And uh, do you think this is still going to be going on for a while? Well, you know, uh, since we last talked, uh, some really wild things have happened. You've seen uh, the, the Wagner group uh, with Pogosin, with uh, I'm not sure what, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was affection or what that was that uh, he's the head of the Wagner Group, which is a mercenary group, that uh, they're, they, they're fighting Russia's wars, not only in the Ukraine, but around, uh, especially in Africa and other places in the world, in the Middle East. And uh, so you saw, you know, we saw what happened there. But uh, the question, you know, and then we just saw that the Russians say that they're not going to allow Ukrainian grain to leave the country. They're not going to honor that agreement because, again, Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe. They feed millions of people, um, especially in uh, North Africa and, and going into uh, uh, the Middle East, is where a lot of their grain is shipped. So if all of a sudden now that this grain is going to be blocked, you're going to have a lot of people starve around the world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can't trust Putin. He, uh, you know, he's a dictator. And, uh, you, know, or, you know, we just saw that the... Uh, the bridge going into the Crimea was hit again by, by drones from the Ukrainians that uh, have shut that down again for several months. And, uh, you know, again, I think that we always have to look at that it has been Russia that has invaded a, a sovereign country. 
And, uh, you know, they, not only did they grab the Ukraine during uh, the, uh, in the last, uh, you know, decade, but you also saw that they've been backing the uh, Russian separatists or the Ukrainian separatists that uh, the Russians are trying to take Ukraine back into, quote-unquote, a Soviet empire. So, uh, you know, the United States, and especially Europe, and this is the other thing that has to be keep over and over and over again, that the uh, uh, Europeans and all the other countries along the NATO have got to meet their increases or their defense budgets. And at the same time, uh, you know, we always have to point out that no Americans are over there fighting, but it's been the Ukrainians that's kind of been uh, holding the line over there. But, uh, uh, you know, it would be great to be able to say that this thing's going to end, uh, you know, next next week, next month. But as Winston Churchill said, as the tide was turning in Europe uh, during World War II, that, uh, you know, it wasn't the, uh, the it was not the beginning of the end, but the end of the beginning. Yeah. So we're not really sure. But, you know, it all depends what the Russian people want. You know, do they want to have a dictator that's sending their supplies, their money, their people into Ukraine to fight? And hopefully at some point in time, the, the Russians say they've had enough. We had the same issue last year with the country of Ukraine and the blocking of a lot of those grains and the exports of agriculture that affects the entire world with how big that breadbasket is in that country. So hopefully this gets resolved relatively quickly. We're talking with Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio as we move through here. Let's shift gears a little bit. Let's bring it back to the home front. I know you're part of the Subcommittee for Communications and Technology, and recently you guys have been talking about some new bills for the National Telecommunications and Information Administration. I know there's been a big focus on wireless and rural broadband across the nation to try and help out those agricultural communities on the home front. What's the latest here, and are we gaining some traction? on getting better internet access to rural communities across the nation? Well, the National Telecommunication Information uh, Administration, you know, they're, they're charged with making sure that when you're looking at spectrum and also broadband out there. And one of the things is that when you look at what they've received, they've received over $42 billion that they're to administer to get uh, broadband deployed across this country. In the state of Ohio, Ohio is receiving about $792 million for deployment. And one of the things we want to make sure is that, and I've told the, the administrator over there, that we have to make sure that, number one, that it's deployed uh, to the unserved areas, not underserved areas or areas that you'd like to have faster speeds. It's the areas that absolutely need it first, because we all know in this day and age, if you don't have broadband, you're not going to get anywhere, especially when you're thinking about kids in school. Well, during uh, COVID, with especially telehealth, when you look at businesses, you look at people just staying in touch. So it's essential. But one of the things that I want to make sure that does not happen is that they pick winners and losers. And uh, I want to make sure, as a conservative, that, you know, if you're given $42 billion, you don't have to go out and spend it all. You can actually say, you know what, we were able to deploy this and do it in a uh, manner that we didn't have to spend at all. Yeah. But if all of a sudden you pick the most expensive way for deploying, and you might not be able to deploy across the entire country then, then all of a sudden it's going to be like we need more money. But I always equate it to I'm going to have to put it in for inflation today, but if your parents send you to the, to the grocery store to buy a loaf of bread, they expect change back. And there's, you know, I'm a firm believer that this is the taxpayer's money and that we have to really make sure that we have oversight of the NTIA 
as they as they do this. And plus, uh, the Federal Communications Commission uh, has been given a lot of money to make sure they have accurate maps out there to be able to know exactly where the areas are in the country that uh, we don't have coverage. And so those maps need to be used by everyone to make sure that uh, we're deploying where the uh, unserved areas of the country are. Yeah, well, and it really does talk about the benefits of what this is going to do once this is in place, because for some, they're like, well, you know, is it an investment that we should be making at the federal level? At the same time, uh, if you're a farmer out in the communities, I mean, being here in Kansas where I'm at, I mean, a lot of the farmers don't have a lot of Internet access or even just small businesses that are in small local towns across the country. Uh, It it is beneficial to them, and it would help allow them to bring that ROI in and actually boost their businesses and allow them to function more efficiently, wouldn't it? Well, you're absolutely right, too. That's why in the last farm bill, I had the precision agriculture. I've, I've got a satellite precision agriculture legislation out there right now. And you're absolutely correct, because in our agricultural areas, my part, you know, my part of uh, northwest and north central and northeast Ohio, we have uh, massive agriculture. But for our farmers to be able to uh, broadband out there, that it will help them uh, to get better yields make more money <laughs> you know we want them to prosper but uh, you know we, we we've seen technology out there again that's why i'm saying that you want the the best technology for an area not for some bureaucrat in washington to say this is what you're going to get like uh, and uh, take it or leave it but when you think about the satellites that are now deployed there's thousands up in space that uh, rural you know rural communities can get uh, uh, broadband from satellites now but I was at another site in northwest Ohio where for $190,000 for a tower and about a nine-mile circumference that they were they could supply broadband. Mm-hmm. And that was for a $190,000 investment. So this is why I think it's important that we, we really look at how we're going to do this deployment to make sure that the, that the, the taxpayers' dollars are spent where they need to be. But at the same time, As I said, we have to make sure we have the oversight that uh, we don't have overbuilding, that we don't have the federal government uh, bringing in uh, competition against private individuals that are in companies that are already out there trying to get broadband. And all of a sudden you have all this federal money drop on with somebody else to compete against it. Yeah, that is very true. We're talking with Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th District of Ohio. Last question for you, and I know you have to run soon, so I appreciate your time. But on the other front, talking about public health, I know you've been working with uh, a new bill as well that's known as the Appropriations Logistical Infrastructure for National Government or the Healing Response Act that would help in the case of another potential pandemic, which every expert says that we're going to potentially have another pandemic at some point. But having medical resources ready, not by forcing injections or anything, Thing, but at least having medical resources ready just in case something happens. Uh, talk about this bill. What is this one? Well, and again, uh, I'm, this is a bipartisan piece of legislation work, uh, bill that I'm working with Robin Kelly from Illinois with. And, and again, when you go back and look what happened during the pandemic, I got, I mean, I was on the phone for weeks. We're trying to run down just, just to say person protection equipment, you know, everything from surgical gloves, masks, uh, gowns, you, you name it, we, were get, we got caught short. Our supply chain was terrible. That when you look where a lot of the stuff was being manufactured over in the Far East, you know, the communist Chinese knew exactly what was going on. They went out and bought it all up before anybody else could get to it. 
So we want to make sure that we have uh, uh, the supplies that we have to have. We want to make sure that, again, just think about uh, all of the different types of drugs out there that are now being manufactured overseas. Again, you have a supply chain issue. We want to make sure that we have things right here in this country. We want to make sure that uh, you can manufacture those things right here in this country. There's no reason that we should be dependent on anybody else. So we want to make sure that uh, under this legislation, as, as things go forward, that uh, we have a, you know, the necessary uh, stockpile to make sure that we have the necessary plans in place to move forward if we have another disaster out there. Because, uh, you know, again, the American people just can't, you know, we're, we're the greatest country on earth. We shouldn't be acting like we're uh, someplace that uh, might be considered a third world country that we can't take care of the American people. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, we had our stockpiles all fully stocked before the Obama administration, which he seemed to drain them for some reason. Now we have the Biden administration draining our reserves on oil and natural gas. So uh, it, it seems like there's a side that just doesn't care about preparing and planning for the future. And it's something that we need to focus on a little bit more. And uh, I'm glad you guys are doing that. It's Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio. Congressman, we always appreciate it. I know you guys are getting into the crazy season for the fall, but thank you for everything you're doing up there. We appreciate it very much. Let's get you back on the show and talk again real soon. Well, thank you very much, and have a great day.